0: I mean, with host Seed Shark, there's strong evidence that every single shark on Aquaria flies.
1: Yeah, and that's a pretty good one, I think. In Blue-Eyed, I think it's pretty key.
0: Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Just randomly searching for all sharks on Aquaria, There are four. Uh, there's right. a
1: Flash Shark that I do not have
0: there's There's two Flash one. Sharks that, that don't have flying. There's one with Mutate, yeah. the Shore Shark. That one's a Tiger Shark. Literally, it's got feet. <laughs> it's got and claws. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the voracious the great shark, which is yeah, just a yeah. flash counter counter thing. It is and then there's the commander.
2: Flying is part of being a shark in Magic, right. yeah. Right. There's a
0: commander shark in Aquaria that also has flying. Yes. Yeah. shark bird.
2: Rollerblades,
1: the street shark crossover. Although I think street shark might have been Mattel, and I don't think they're ever going to go there. Maybe.
0: Yeah, it is Mattel. Dang.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 331 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. We are your hosts. I'm Chris Castor Apple with me is Lee McLeod.
0: hey Lee. hello hello I thought you were gonna give me a short intro because we have a guest
2: oh yeah we do have a guest Mark is back no longer fresh off of second place finish at uh, an RC but fresh off of preparing for the upcoming Pioneer pro tour one of about 200 people in the world who have to care about pioneer right now and uh we're we're gonna we're gonna make you talk about it.
1: Yeah, coming in hot off of a very nice ten four finish in Denver. Uh, yeah, wasn't, that's solid. wasn't Wasn't playing for anything in the last round, so it wasn't a heartbreaker. But you know, reasonable I mean, enough.
2: Bread and butter, right? That's yeah,
1: good. yeah, yeah. Play the absolute maximum, get the absolute minimum. It's the it's great. As Trust. in zero, as in like literal zero, of course. Play the
0: game, see Denver. You know, yeah. It's all part of it.
1: Look, put the tournaments at the airport. I'm all for it.
0: Four. No uh, illusion, no illusions at all. Nope. Then the TSA would actually know what magic cards are.
2: So, today we are, I think, mostly. I mean, you know, we can we can talk a little bit about modern if if you want to talk about Denver. sure, yeah, um, can we, can, we can hit on that a little bit. But then, you know, we've been mostly talking about standard and stuff the past couple of weeks. It's most relevant to to people. But the Pro Tour is coming up this weekend it is happening alongside the tournament that i have been preparing for the The 75k 75k Mm -hmm. yeah but because uh nobody else really has had any reason to play pioneer i think it would be pretty interesting to talk about what's going on in that format recently yeah how how much of a mess has no more lies made of the format and we can also talk about some limited too because that's you know you actually get to prepare for it at a high level yeah. kind of the only place in magic where you get to do
0: that anymore just like real quick for context of how little people have played pioneer like i <laughs> personally since i didn't play the rc in december i qualified for that rc the atlanta one in like april and had not played you know pioneer since then <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just couldn't get over the card banning, huh?
0: Uh, well, I mean there was Modern and that was a lot yeah. of fun sort of yeah. and then Standard yeah. has been actually very fun. And it, then it, it,
2: yeah, I haven't played a great. game of of Pioneer since the Pioneer RC. So yeah. it, it just hasn't been relevant, but you know, now now we got to pay attention for one weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um it's really hard to juggle staying up to speed on multiple formats. I think Wizards has done a really good job of every set being impactful. Um, The set that I'm least familiar with at the moment is Standard. Uh, It does look really interesting. I've I've seen a lot of decks that I would really like to play, in particular like Esper. Uh, Also, you can just play like Boros Convoke from Pioneer in Standard, so that seems kind of interesting, but... um, yeah, it's just crazy. MKM has had somewhat sizable impact, I think, um, both on Modern and Pioneer. Can can talk a little bit ab- about both. Also, the limited format is really excellent. I think if anybody's like on the fence about playing limited or whatever, you've got a good one to to jump into. It's going to be showcased at the Pro Tour. It's funny. It's it's another set in Ravnica, but it's definitely the least Ravnica. Ravnica. In fact, I f- almost feels like one of the least set you know uh plane based returns that really we've seen like i mean mm. zendikar doesn't have in in my opinion zendikar doesn't have quite as much you know just things that make it unique it's certainly above streets of Nukapenna, et etc whatever But ravnica always was one of those sets that just had like a a, a, a vibe to it i don't know and, and it's got this a rigid one
0: structure yeah y-
1: yeah and the you know the guilds obviously that was groundbreaking when when that came about but this one it's like you can't even you don't even know it's Ravnica, and it's honestly I would I would have gone back to the to the drawing board on the name of the set. It's way too Innistrad, in my opinion. Not to mention the theme of like a murder mystery. I I just thought it was Olivia Valderran getting murdered, or I don't even know. I assume Taysa gets murdered. Whatever. So it's it's if you're looking for a lot of Ravnica, this might not be your set. But I kind of think the like investigate the mystery stuff. It's, it's don't fairly well actually I, like you kind of get the vibe of of like investigation i don't know it, it's yeah, a well no, done set
2: that's that's one thing that we've talked about that we've mentioned a bunch of times is that the the theme is present there are detectives yes. there are clues there are bodies like yeah. there's multiple cards that just reference like what do you look at after somebody gets murdered well there's a, a chalk outline and there's blood spatter analysis and yeah. it's
0: it's yeah.
2: there Pe- people people be people be getting murdered i mean literally even in the set yeah, you know and you're set.
1: you're collecting creature based evidence a lot of the time um you know i think when you're looking at a limited format one of the first things you should do is look at the lands and i was sort of surprised as i was going through the spoiler I was like okay we're in we're in the ravnica set like all right Where's the, you know, Boros dual land, the Simic dual land, whatever. Like, is it a bounce land this time? Is it a gate? You know, is it, what type does it have? Is it super type? Whatever. There are no 10 color dual lands. There's effectively evolving wilds with extra flavor text. Never seen it activated. I'm sure. It'll yeah, because
0: there's no other mana fixing.
1: <laughs> well, right, you just have to you have to use you've, its first. You've got to
0: be drawing like a heater to be able to not use the mana ability on that card. Right,
1: right, <laughs> right, right. It does have the hidden mode of chilling in play for a field of ruin that came up for me once. I made exactly one zombie and then died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the palace. Say uh, I forget exact plaza. Whatever. It's the gold, the rainbow land that you have to pay a mana for. Uh, when it comes into play. It's actually really interesting. There's like a 5% win rate differential on 17 lands data for the sac land versus the pay a mana land. It just, it's a a mana costs so much, especially on a land. Um, So long story short, there's really not a lot of fixing in the format. Um you can play five, four, five color, three, four, five color green. That's what's it's probably my favorite archetype, but I have personally underdrafted the aggressive decks, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of mitigate that. Going into the Pro Tour with a totally open mind, I think you can kind of draft almost anything. Pretty well known. Worst colors are, are probably blue is the worst. I've come around a little bit on black, white's the best, super deep. You can build a lot of different decks with it. Just a good format though, like a lot of interesting uh combat scenarios. The disguise creatures are super fun. Um, Not only the, like, Morph Head games, whatever, but they actually make removal a lot worse than it is typically, particularly expensive removal like Murder. This is quoting Court of Calls, who has some really great limited content. I've been consuming some of their content uh, just preparing for this PT, and I've been extremely impressed. Murder is at the worst it's ever been, uh, and I agree. Like, I I honestly can think of very few packs where I would first pick it um probably none honestly I probably wouldn't put myself into black with a first pick of murder
2: Uh, yeah that's actually funny I just listened to like Sam Black's episode about Mm. like four and five color decks in the format where he talks about playing decks that have like three copies of that the rupture spire in it so yeah, yeah you know there's multiple ways to approach the format for sure
1: Got to do what you got to do. Um, Sam had a really funny, uh, early in the format, a viewer sent in like, hey, Sam, here's my green-white deck. Could you critique it? And so Sam, I think, questioned one of the dual lands. I think it might have been the Rupture Spire, the, the gold one, the one you pay mana for. Mm-hmm. And Sam was like, what's this about? And then the viewer was like, oh, well, I have um, two copies of Rakdos in my sideboard, which I, I didn't quite get the the connection of like, I have these sideboard cards that I'm then playing the singular gold mana. Anyway, whatever. Well, Sam was like, oh. And immediately rebuilt the deck to be Selesnya splashing two copies of Fractos, Just instant, like, just without hesitation. And then the next draft, like, took Niv-Mizzet, like, third pick, and, like, was super stoked to build around it. I think Niv-Mizzet's a little bit more of a trap. Like, certainly if you were already in five color green, you have, like, a bomb and all the other splash colors. I I would play it then, but I probably wouldn't go out of my way. I think its effect is actually just really de minimis. Like, it it just... Protection from mono or uh hexproof from monocolored like doesn't come up. Nobody's playing murder anyway. It die you know it just dies easily. It doesn't have really an effect that that does a whole lot. It doesn't have haste. Whatever. Again, but it's I hexproof
2: would, from multicolored. Mu- right. From
1: that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So like it can't get hit by lightning helix, which wouldn't kill it anyway. Point is like I have stretched my own mana base in in multicolored green decks to play Niv-Mizzet. and I just think that's wrong. It's just better to stay stay to three colors or four colors um unless you have some really
0: yeah five five, five is right now four is perfectly fine though, you <laughs> yeah can you. yeah yeah
1: no uh, totally
0: <laughs> i mean it's also worth noting that the bulk of the multicolored cards at like common and uncommon are mostly mm-hmm. the disguised creatures
1: mm-hmm. yeah which are actually i think at their best if you sort of think of them almost as mono colored creatures first in a way because yeah, um, they have hybrid
0: flip costs
1: right exactly and it depends like I, I think there's just a fairly dis there's a gap between the colors dog walker and, and there's a gap between the 10 disguised creatures in terms of just how good they are with dog walker being like definitely the standout i think nearly rivaling novice inspector for best common novice inspector just is actually singular white and is a singular mana but dog walker is close the others aren't quite as good the super expensive ones i think are almost unplayable even though you could certainly there's scenarios where you bring them in but yeah i think you i have made the mistake of uh thinking of them sort of both as in too much of gold but also too much of colorless because of disguise and i think in reality like i view dog walker and think of it as a white card of course it's going to work in a red deck and of course it's going to work in boros too but that's just the heuristic i've developed honestly talking it out now it sounds maybe like not the way to think about it but anyway they're good (laughs) most of them are good
2: well, and it's more about like which archetype they fit into the right. best more than anything else. And like dog walker goes wide. It makes three creatures. And so you want to play it with the, and I don't know the names of any of the limited cards in the set, but the, the inspiring charge that makes a clue like on the job. Yeah. On the job. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's the white card that pays, yeah. that's the card in the set that pays you off for going wide and it costs yeah. double white. So you want to be in a white deck for, for that card.
1: Yeah, and Dog Walker's just so much rate. Like, it's going to be good in anything. I think a really good example of this is um, Undercover Crocodile. Yes. Where, if you're in an evidence-based deck, like Blue Green, you sort of actively want to disguise it and trade it as fast as possible just to get the fat evidence in the graveyard. Which, uh, Court of Calls also made a really good point about the Flip cards, or the the split cards the cheap yeah. on the front side, expensive on the back side. How good those are for evidence based decks, and actually a couple of the green ones, I think both have effectively cantrip abilities for like two mana. um
0: Yeah, the both of them pretty green solid. Ones do they're two mana? One of them draws a card, one of them makes a clue.
1: Yeah, I, the the one that draws the card I think is better. Its backside is a little worse, but you play the one that, for the front.
0: The side. one that's assassinate
2: is really good too. That kills a tap yes. creature and then the backside also just like Can deals really lethal up. most of the time i feel like yeah
1: yeah 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 so limited's great um i've been playing a mixture of uh arena open and then with some some other groups of qualified players uh playing on magic online there's a couple weird i don't know cards don't there's a card or two that don't work as they should on magic online but um it's a great format uh I kind of wax and wane with my interest in Limited. The really great formats tend to hold me, like Mom last year was just excellent. Um, But I'm stoked to have had a really, you know, compelling reason to focus on Limited. Spoiler backup plan, and I think most PT qualified players at least should be doing this, like put the hubris aside. I did sign up for the Saturday sealed PTQ just in case Friday doesn't go as planned. Um, they're actually doing a really nice thing where Pro Tour competitors, if you sign up and don't make Day 2, or you do make Day 2, you can get your entry refunded, which is great. And the reason to do it is these events have all been capping, which is really unfortunate for the players affected. Chris, I know you you know, had a little trouble getting tickets, mm-hmm. had, to, had to break them apart and get the badge, and that was like yeah. three weeks ago, which is kind of a little right. unheard of.
2: If, if like two weeks ago you realized like, oh, you know what? I actually like can take some time off and go to this thing. You're just kind of SOL. You're
1: too, you're too late. And I would be thinking about, you know, Vegas. Uh, I'm not sure if how in, if in Europe, the selling out will be quite the same. And I think the PT Seattle is like a, a private to competitors only or something like that I actually didn't even know it was a PT at Denver I kept hearing people talk about PT Seattle I was like what are you guys talking about it's Amsterdam is the next flip. so there's two PTs I'm I'm on the lookout for this year I'm trying hard but uh um anyway if you're interested in Vegas and Worlds like plan ahead again it's unfortunate for the impacted players that you know wanted to go and couldn't but as someone who wants to see magic doing well across the board you know when wizards does well and hasbro does well i I think it's generally putting aside universes beyond and our feelings on that or whatever if you're looking to compete in magic tournaments seeing events sell out
2: it's good good yeah yeah seeing the demand is definitely it's, it's really nice to have that for sure
1: yeah it is certainly dispersed away from competitive in a way that is you know maybe not as aligned as in the interest of like the 20 plus year players that are probably a decent portion of this podcast fan base and you know players on this call for sure but anyway it's I mean I have
2: to I have to imagine that like I mean who knows I I don't know anything about I don't know shit about fuck. but like I I have to imagine that the standard 75k is drawing people into going to the magic con like it's exciting to have that big tournament
1: it is I'm personally you know I I think Depending on how this weekend goes, I might be right in the RCs playing RCQs playing standard, which I'm mm-hmm. kind of fine to do that. I'm excited to get back into it. I'm not sure for me the standard demand hasn't manifested quite yet, but that's just a like me thing, and it's a good problem to have. Whatever. But have you guys seen more hunger, or uh, maybe not hunger for standard, but like players responding? Like how have these RCQs yes. been attended? Okay, people are into it.
0: Yeah, I, I people are into standard right now. Great. I, I don't know if Love it's that that's awesome quite good right now or if there is actually supported and reasonable all rcqs i've been to have done been real well attended a lot of people across the united states at least uh, just folks that followed on twitter have been doing great uh canada not so much but i Mm -hmm. think they're having other rcq related issues somewhere like their system is kind of weird from what i understand yeah but at least here in the states the standard's been going great and i've even had multiple people qualified for the pro tour i've heard would rather be playing standard this weekend but you know the pro Tour's pioneer so <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah um i am not in that camp i'm happy to be playing pioneer i think but we'll see how i feel at the end of the weekend i guess um yeah canada's system i do think there's some validity to the east coast west coast uh split of the rcs I don't know. I, I, it might be a grass is greener thing because I know they have less. Well, they just influence.
2: had to get rid of that, right? They, oh, they've, they? they've shrunk back down to one, okay, one. RC okay. because it was it was too much logistically to to run the two each season because yeah. that was yeah. you know six of those a year then and that's I, I think that That's pretty hefty.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well. I can complain about pri- RC pricing. No, it's just yeah. Like, of course, you, you don't I can play, always you don't, complain about that. Yeah, I got plenty of ammo, but seventieth uh, yeah. was rough. But no, uh, you don't play Magic for the prizes is the, the right response to any complaints about EV tournament EV whatever
2: breaks. Well, whatever. but it would be nice to get uh, it would. It, it would be nice to get something out of the ten four or whatever. Uh, but
1: uh, yeah, you know, should have should have would I, I all four <laughs> matches <laughs> oh, I lost why, were two four play. <laughs> I mean yeah like that's 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 how it goes
2: um yeah i have also been seeing you know i i mean i've gone to rcqs that have been well you know at at least the size of our modern and pioneer rcqs like people are totally willing to play the format uh and beyond that like you know i've seen a fair bit of discussion pretty consistent about you know just people trying to break the standard format and do interesting stuff and get an edge on the metagame people are working at it And as I have been like posting about standard we've been getting and this is, you know, this is about the smoothest segue that I can I can do (laughs) into a a little plug here. I have been like we've been getting a bunch of people signing up for the Patreon because we have some standard content on there that people are interested in. So not only are people playing standard, people are turning to outlets to try to get an edge on the format. Hmm. Uh, And, you know, coincidentally. I did a little coaching session with my friend Elliot, and he took my Demir deck, and he won an RCQ with it. it. You know, mostly from Elliot playing the deck well. But you know, we, we, we build the deck, we give a little sideboard guide, we chat a little bit about play patterns, and you know, you could y- y'all could get that too. So, if mostly though, only sign up for the Patreon if you like the show and want to support us. Everything else is just kind of there, but you know, sh- check it out
1: i can endorse that i mean my best yeah. tournament finish to date has come from your sideboard so
2: <laughs> the sideboard that i didn't even the play sideboard that, that you tournament. didn't play but that <laughs> <the, the, laughs> i thought
1: was pretty decent yeah. to be fair if i was well we'll get into pioneer but uh yeah yeah i think phoenix sideboarding i would probably not play two fables at this moment but That's i would fair. want to for,
0: are you implying maybe the format has changed significantly in the three months since we've last looked at it <laughs>
2: In some ways, yes. And some, well. Some things change. Some things stay the same. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I personally felt in going into Denver, uh, Atlanta, uh, there was a very clear best deck, it was really good at killing creatures cause pioneers built around creatures or was at that time, it draws a lot of cards, which is sweet. Yeah, so I, I kind of felt like, hey, there's a best deck in this format. Now, I feel the same. I feel the reasons why are the same, although I think the prevalence of creatures at this Pro Tour specifically is going to be lower than we would have expected, certainly, you know, uh, prior to this new set's release. I could be, you know, seeing too much into this, but as, again... MKM has a huge impact, Uh, it had an impact in Modern, Uh, the Surveillance were huge, I played Rhinos at that tournament and the Surveillance were probably the reason I locked into Teamer. well, I would have probably played Rainbow Rhinos if I had known it existed. I was on a flight when it yeah. was kind of breaking out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so MKM was big in, in that regard. I actually also think MKM has helped out blue-white control with the Surveillance. Lands. I think it's kind of one of the only control decks in the format. I think it's one of the only ones that can take advantage of the Surveil Lands. Um, Scott of McNamara was playing blue-black control over the weekend, also playing a, a full pack of the Surveil Lands, which I think it's good.
2: I I have screenshots of a match I played in, in Standard on Arena against Blue-White Control where Game 1 and Game 2, my opponent's turn one was Surveiland putting Memory Deluge into the graveyard. So they just had <laughs> yeah. Companion Memory Deluge flashback all, all match.
1: Start the game with two Companions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for, for, for Pioneer, uh, big Phoenix fan. And uh going into atlanta like i like i mentioned last time i was on the podcast i played every deck in the format except blue white control because i thought it's ne- i can't i can't play it fast enough I can't close games fast enough it's a meme whatever everything else played phoenix and just thought like hey there's very few bad matchups besides lotus good at responding to the key pillars of the format if i play it well it will treat it, it, it has the potential to treat me well whatever loved the deck until i got into the finals <laughs> Played against Daniel on Blue White Yorion. I had beaten Blue White Control three times prior. Uh, I know at least two of them were 60 cards. I think maybe all three were 60 cards. I think one had a Kahira as a companion. Um Daniel's playing Yorion. And it big, just... Acc-
2: big difference.
1: Big difference. Big difference. Yorion, in terms of like what... You know, think about Gigantha. Three mana and then five mana. It does something. It makes a 5-5. Five, five. In this deck, in blue-white control, Yorion makes a 4-5 flyer and probably draws you. A, you know, you, you, it's very often you'll have an omen floating around. You know, you might flicker a temporary lockdown for value. You might flicker a temporary lockdown that has an omen under it and get that value again, which is nice. A lot of cool little tricks that can happen with there. And in a sort of general uh, kind of magic theory perspective, Rakdos Sacrifice getting a 5-5 is way less intrinsically valuable to the strategy at a macro level than a control deck that wants to get to 11 lands in play getting a slam the door effect so Yorion is just super good uh almost no deck in pioneer can really leverage a companion to to great effect blue white control can and i'm not even actually sure that it makes it definitely doesn't make your deck worse than the 60 card variants because the 60 card variants play three copies i saw a list that played three copies of no more lies even which that is Mm -hmm. offensive (laughs) um but you know a lot of these lists play three 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 and and that's if you're going to play 60 cards the only viable argument is consistency so don't do that and then play three copies of things like no more lies at least but i actually think for 80 cards you know it's it's debatable how badly it impacts the mana you do scrape the bottom of the barrel i think a little bit when it comes to dual lands in particular and untapped lands like that's the that's the trade-off but that's the basis of pioneer three color decks are unplayable in pioneer uh there's not fetch lands obviously that's like a key foundational thing in the format but yeah i mean i mean blue eye control i, I, I think it's just stronger with Yorion. i think it is just stronger than the other decks i think the 60 card variants have sort of shrouded how good 80 cards is because a lot of the data dumps mash them together and there have been players winning with 60 cards and there are plenty of people who play control all the time that play 60 cards so i might be i might be overly responding to the to the deck that beat me in the last tournament effectively
2: but i think that also after that series of rcs we got the data out from that with the Yorion versions of blue white separated out from the other versions of blue white and the win rate was significantly different and and Yorion was just clearly better than other versions of blue white and at least at for that at that moment in time kind of put to bed any for me put to bed any discussion of like which one you should be playing it was very clear that it was Yorion. I don't think that enough has changed to make it like yes now it's here is time to sh- like play the yeah. play the
0: four or five flyer i yeah. even think something has gotten better for yourrian like you mentioned the mana base issues like you're mm-hmm. scraping the bottom of the barrel now with meticulous archive like that's another yeah. land you get access to that you kind of want to play and then that could give you access to something like glacial fortress and more numbers
1: also I think the castles the castles are contentious i have not yet played so I sw- effectively mentally switched to blue white probably four or five days ago um Mm -hmm. i was up, up until that point like locked into phoenix mostly because i of the investment that i had made had that i had made into the deck from atlanta and concern over my ability to pilot blue white and i did not personally own the cards at the time i was missing I did at one point and then sold them, and yeah, classic magic story. Um, (laughs) So I was letting a lot of influences, you know, uh, external influences and and self-doubt change, you know, my decision-making. I first was just like, I'm just gonna get the cards to have them, because even if I don't play it at this PT for the next limited, you know, or next RPCQ season, whatever, I'd probably wanna play it, whatever. And as soon as I, like, placed the first order, like, I just knew, like, this deck is just, it's just more powerful. I mean, Phoenix had an amazing weekend last weekend, five out of the top eight in the NRG, which is extremely impressive, and I think it's an extremely good deck, and, you know, I might come out of this weekend really shooting myself, or feeling like I shot myself in the foot by not um, capitalizing on the hundred-plus matches that I have with Phoenix in relatively recent memory, and with a format that has maybe not change so much, although that's a point that I want to come around to. I actually think it's going to be significantly different for the PT, and that was the another thing in my mind that, that spurred the deck choice flip. But, you know, I'm kind of banking on most of the experience that I have is actually experience in the format. When I think about the prep that I put into Atlanta, it was a lot with just a lot of decks, and I think that's just a good way to learn the format, because you need to be thinking about what your opponent can do with their mana, especially if you're going to play any blue deck really any deck you need to be thinking about what can they do and there's no better way to learn what they can do than playing it yourself that's how you're gonna get the heuristics and the sideboarding and stuff like that so yeah i, I, I sort of landed on trust in the data trust in the theory uh, trust in players that have had success trust in you know j- just this is gonna be a tournament that, that stretches me you as know, my first pt i think in some ways it's gonna feel like my first tournament again playing blue white control into probably a sea of mirror matches is not particularly advice i'm certainly on the lower 50 percent half of skill in the room so it's risky but you so i, I described to somebody i feel like blue white control has uh a good number of easy games and you know it, it is actually pretty quick to play because it plays almost exclusively at instant speed so like your play and your main phase is play land and pass almost almost always but yeah so so it's it's a complicated deck but i i don't think it's closing speed is as concerning wandering emperor and all the sharks particularly when you look at the post board configuration with Chromo seed shark uh that can get pretty aggressive close a the game
0: there's also like regal cara call in some matchups yeah or I lean, the equivalent whatever card
1: i lean towards dream trawler personally i think sure. um and the list that I am, and I'll get to kind of some of the card choices that I have in mind for this weekend. Um, the list that I'm thinking about has a some main deck vulnerabilities to Rakdos, I think, but maybe there's a hidden, you know, silent Rakdos majority. Uh, I'm gonna expect, you know, Jake Beardsley, shout out to fellow uh, Virginian, I'm a new Virginian, so uh, Jake has been very welcoming in the, in, the, in the area. He'll probably play Rakdos, but... I have not, I I would be surprised to see a lot of other players bring it. Could be wrong. So anyway, I am, to to kind of get to the the main point of how the format has changed, at least in my uh, opinion, it used to be all about creatures. And I think in open deck, open field tournaments, which is inclusive of the RC, you do have to qualify to get into it, but the bar is not, it's not the PT. Creatures dominate Pioneer. I think for this PT, spells are going to be more relevant. The baseline level one is blue-white control just got mana leak. The data says it's the best deck. PT players are more happy to play blue decks, whatever, whatever, whatever. So that's a deck with literally no creatures in the main deck. So, you know, fiery impulse not looking great there. Phoenix had an amazing weekend. It's really resilient to removal spells. It's kind of one of its most important reasons why it's good. It's It's a deck that can attack quickly and and with a lot of power but is not vulnerable to removal compared to like boros convoke for example which also plays around removal but you know in different ways but the real thing and what i'm most afraid of and if i was playing at a hundred percent you know like at maximum capacity magic player this new lotus field deck is insane
0: yeah druid charm
1: is like the... Lotus, we talk about uh, No More Lies for blue-white control. Lotus is the deck that got the most better based on a new print, and it's this Arc Druid's charm. Not only, you you think about it like, okay, you can put a Lotus into play or a Thespian stage, like it's an an instant, it ramps you, like it advances you a turn like a Grazer would from a mana lands and play perspective, but the biggest thing that it does is lets you play, um, it compresses your win condition package and lets your land tutor also get a game-ending threat. And going into this format that's all about blue-white control and Phoenix and counterspells post-board and whatever, you get Dromocha. And the lists from this weekend, which I sort of think, they, I don't know, that they may have jumped the gun at this NRG. Maybe there's something even bigger in the, in the holster from these teams, but, you know, pro- project- that was a big uh, advance in, in how Lotus plays. In main decking the Dramokas, which I know it was sort of, at least my I heard, it was like, oh, we're, we just played it to beat Blue-White this weekend. I'd be shocked if they don't do it, if, if some players don't do it again this weekend. Lotus is certainly going to have a hard cap on how many players will play it, but it's a PT. And players that I've talked to are estimating 8 to 10%, that's probably where my head is. And I also think that that's going to be concentrated amongst the best teams, and probably concentrated amongst the most winning decks, too, because I just think from a pure power level perspective, our, our arc druid's charm pushes lotus up uh sort of a level from where it was before um and again more so than no more lies does for blue it control in my
2: opinion and you end up with this real serious rock paper scissors across like macro archetype or, or at least like like spaces for decks right because you have phoenix which has always beaten up on aggressive creature decks and right blue white control which just plays like four temporary lockdowns main deck and is very difficult to get that sort of traction against now you you know like you know mono white humans used to be the worst matchup for blue white control i think it's just very different now with four temporary lockdowns in the main so you you have these controlling removal heavy decks just kind of suppressing creature decks but the deck that generally just beats up on those especially if it has access to a lot of jermokas is lotus field like lotus field has yes. always been phoenix's worst matchup it's always yep. been well positioned against blue white and the way you beat lotus field is to play heroic or Amalia, Thalia. anything
0: that's super super fast yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly
2: and <laughs> yeah. anything that fiery impulse is good against basically so you you just have these gigantic like Groupings of decks that are all kind of rock, paper, scissorsing each other right now.
1: Yeah, and you know, classic like, what level is everyone going to be on? I might be in the dust. I just think, <laughs> like, I might be in last weekend's headspace. But like this lotus deck is. There are players who I think will play this lotus deck. Put it that
0: so way. So let me let me tail the. Yeah, I. I so I agree with you i i think team handshake i know for certain has a lot of players that really enjoy that deck they were the progenitors of the load the uh, layer of the hydra technology in the right like, year ago so Which they're, they're elevation. very familiar with it yeah it was great yeah. uh, i don't think although we're like praising our charm and it does change how the deck can be built uh significantly i don't know that it like drastically changes the matchup spread as opposed to making lotus field good like even more against what it's already good against mm-hmm. and giving it a little more utility with uh um sideward cards because that, yeah. it is also a disenchant attached to archer yes turn, yes which Great is point. really nice for like tooling your mana towards more green mana
1: and damping spear used to be the main hate card and now your you know bread and butter <laughs> do every ja- you know swiss army knife card deals with that too that's a really good point lee even taking it back a level best decks are blue white control and phoenix right, or whatever exactly. yeah. <laughs> you can play lotus into that too especially if you have dramoka in the main deck so so i saw the list with Archdruid's charm and was like this this feels busted it won a challenge it raced maybe it was i, I can't remember who was playing it i shouldn't misattribute. you. um
0: no, there, there's so, a there's a yeah you're good there's a, there's been um, actually a lot of arch charms in the past couple of weeks i've seen yeah all of yeah the, the and, place.
1: and who knows who originated it uh yeah and who cares um <laughs> the thing that says put a non-basic land into play also kill the hate card also get a win condition whatever. like it, it, yeah it's good in lotus i think we, we probably would have gotten there anyway point is so i, I saw the deck i'm not a, a lotus player traditionally i've tried it a couple times i just I, I can't figure it out play it in a league stomp end up one four but felt like i was just winning every single match so like I've, i dropped the ball in a lot of these matches but just felt like wow this is insanely powerful better players that know this deck they're, they're going to do really really well with this they're going to be attracted to the the, per, the matchup spread going into phoenix and in blue white or, or, or particularly phoenix because so seeing how good the deck was that's what kind of kicked me off phoenix i thought like even with buzz crushers and alpine moons like I, I still i think it's an uphill battle um, so I didn't want to play that. I then thought, well, I think blue white control actually might be good against Lotus because you have all these counter spells. Then they found Dramocha, so now it's like, okay, no, with Dramoca, I think Lotus is good versus blue white, good versus Phoenix. Where I've landed with this is I don't think we're going to be at the stage where Convoke and Heroic and Amalia. It's kind of funny. Like, first, you were 40 minutes in and, like, we barely even touched on Amalia. I don't know what happened. The deck was awesome in Atlanta, and then nobody Blue has.
0: White control. Yeah, <laughs> white Control.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. But,
2: like, it's still hard it's to, just... like, yeah, it just must be also a level of overall adjustment because 37% win rate last weekend. Like, just. Amalia abs- did? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't even like, see that deck. dumpster on the deck. Data? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll find it
1: thank you so, uh, or I, could, oh, I should Google yeah. it. i didn't see that that's uh wow it, it was bad
0: it was rough hmm. like amalia is bread and butter against other creature decks and Lotus yeah yet, mostly right. primarily
1: yeah it had a good matchup against phoenix too
0: yeah yeah the, the phoenix matchup is not as good as those for sure but solid uh it's just that you really want to be playing against other creature decks so you can capitalize yeah. on your like <laughs> stall with your life gain plus wipe the board your, and your against... plague
1: your plague wind gain infinite life and have right a right, attacker. right. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: against lotus field you just play your combo and kill them because they have no creatures
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway i'm placing my bet that spell decks are going to be big this week the two blue decks and lotus are going to be the most played decks the most winningest decks and that the boros contingent is not gonna not gonna be there so if that's the theory going into it, the Atlanta blue white lists, well, first off, it's going to change pretty dramatically anyway. From a spell perspective, you now have, like, you just added four of maybe your best cards. So it's like the whole deck list just moved down to fit this, this mana leak in with upside and, like, easy to cast, whatever. Great spell. No more lies. It also impacts the mana base because Meticulous Archive, the typing, uh, I think irrigated Farmland also had the typing, but... Um, mm-hmm. The effect is way better. I was just like mentally, I think you probably, you know, play a farmland versus cycle it 95 times out of 100, you play it, maybe even more than that. Because um, a lot of the most, the, the the people with a lot of experience with blue-white, they'll say like, don't even cycle it on turn six, like just you need every single land, turn to yeah,
0: You want to you hit your first 13 land drops.
1: 13 <laughs> land drops, exactly, yeah, exactly. So, so if you're just playing it constantly, you have surveil blue white doesn't have huge value opportunities off of the surveil but you know that like you yes you can mill a uh memory deluge and that's probably going to be completely irrelevant in the game because you don't you don't flash it does let that you much.
0: play it does let you play a dig through time if you want to i've seen that you could. Up more than.
1: yeah yeah if only dig through time had collect evidence i would be a little more <laughs> in this <Blue> white deck. <laughs> yeah, it's got the better it's got it's the better got mechanic the, yeah yeah delve you know i think the surveil so the biggest thing yeah i mentioned how good these lands are in rhinos rhinos share some characteristics with blue eye control it doesn't really have a lot to do with the first land drop and there can also be situations where it, like like both decks are easy to thread a tap land into it mm-hmm. uh, just based on your spell composition now of course it's a little bit chicken or egg but like based on the way the deck the spells in the decks make it easy for the lands the lands also dictate what spells you play whatever so now you just get value off of that and in particular, I think the surveil effect is at its best when you need, in rhinos, it was your third land drop and blue eye control it might be your fifth land drop, but whatever, like you need a land drop. So I personally hate mulliganing and like, keep it, find myself very tempted to keep light land light hands because like, what's the most likely thing you're going to draw a land. These things just play into my biases so well because you just feel <laughs> like I, if you look at the hypergeometric calculator, when you put in an extra look at anything, your odds go up so much.
0: Yeah, uh, that's why you always cut a land on the draw.
1: Yeah, I've done it.
0: I know. Do it
1: again. It's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good, if you need the relief valve, you just pop that land out of there. And then you got to figure out which land to cut, which I actually did have that mapped out for uh, rhinos in modern because I added main deck gemstone caverns and a sideboard gemstone cavern so i was like oh, constantly perfect. yeah Seems so i was like i was like at this deck, i kind of want to cut the island and this one i can want to cut a fetch land and this one a mountain i it probably was like wrong 75 percent of the time but it was a fun exercise
2: to go through, i can't at least. i can't do the gemstone cavern stuff because by game three i will forget to check you know if especially yes. like if i was on the draw game two and put in gemstone caverns and then i'm on the play game three i will just forget to take to take it out there's just no way that i will remember to do that
1: and that that was a personal mission uh, going into this tournament, you know, I can't be super happy about a 10-4, but, you know, I can't, like, like you have said, bread and butter. Um, but my mission was, I'm never going to have a gemstone in my deck when it shouldn't be, and I'm never going to miss a footfalls tick down. And I'm happy to say I didn't on either. I also lost four games in a row in two Rhinos mirror matches because I hadn't played enough Tidebinder. Uh, and I punted on board against... Uh, Harden scales because I don't know what the Ozolith does because I never play hardened scales. Oh. <laughs> so plenty of punts, but I did not did you miss bounce any something of those mechanics. I did. I bounced the uh, yeah. Zabaz. I was <laughs> like, I found the lethal line, because if I kill that Zabaz, <laughs> it's gonna put counters on this Hangerback back and this Ozolith, and I'm gonna be dead. But if I bounce the Zabaz, it's not gonna put any counters anywhere, because why would Ozolith d- say no, leaves play?
2: A, yeah, that's
1: I I, I that's had read it a hell like a, of a card. I had read it like two minutes earlier but I didn't read all of it. So this is a, another lesson, especially with these new cards. They're all novels. You gotta read all of it. You gotta read the whole card. It sucks, but you just gotta read the entire card. Both pages, you know, front and back. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so uh, you know, blue-white uh, improvement in No More Lies in the ma- and in the mana base with Meticulous Archive. Um, you know you have a better tapped land now that you're also always going to be trying with the irrigated farmland you technically were incentivized to hold it for the cycling mystic uh or the blue white surveil land you like always want to play it as soon as possible sort of assuming you could thread the, the tap land that makes glacial fortress more playable that makes the castles more playable which i am not sure if i'm there on vantress until today i wasn't there on ardenvale but um i think for this tournament the mirrors are just going to be too prevalent and not only do you want it just to have something you don't want to be in a situation where they have castles and you don't just it's like a it's like an arms race type thing but even more important than like getting the script surveil to or scry to i wish it was surveil. that'd be nice i guess it's close whatever anyway you tax the field of ruins and i think that's going to be an important angle in the mirror the big deviation because i think playing stock blue white with a bunch of removal spells and lockdowns. now I am still playing all those cards, but like, I don't think you wanna play it into the Atlanta metagame. I think you need to respect Blue uh, Lotus a lot. I think Phoenix has shown like it's there. I felt unfavored against Yorion in the few matches that I've played it. Uh, but I also think it was just, I made a bunch of mistakes and like a really solid Phoenix player is not gonna be worse than 45% in that matchup probably. Mm-hmm. Assuming stock you know nobody's doing anything crazy anyway so playing against this new lotus deck with blue white and questioning my decisions as i'm getting stomped uh with because of dromoka now i had a sideboard uh courtesy of jesse robkin uh, shout out to the uh, patreon good good thinking on, happening over there on blue white had a narset in the sideboard
0: mm-hmm.
1: i boarded it in 81 out of 80 cards had it in both games two and three and won the match and i was like it only stop. It doesn't stop a lot. The pour over the pages is so critical and almost required for Lotus to like do its big turn in a singular turn, even with Dramoka. I, I think it's. I think the prison effect is. It's not lights out against Lotus, but it's pretty good. It's, actually it's funny.
2: I Ashiok too, but like this. is This is an ancient thing. Like when Pioneer was like at the very the early beginning days. of Pioneer you yes. know lotus field poor of the pages was a thing back then too phoenix was a thing back then too and uh lee and i played in the top eight of an iq and i i sideboarded in my like i had like two narsets in the sideboard of my phoenix deck and i couldn't couldn't win game one but then games two and three i just had like all counter spells and narsets and narset shutting down Poor of the pages was it was good yeah, then this was
0: before original it was printed so like there was no right no, there was it. no way out no, yeah you yeah,
2: had yeah, you yeah. had to pour over the pages to and you were casting lots of pour over the pages yeah. to, on your combo
0: yeah. turn yeah um, i i didn't mention this earlier when we were talking about control decks against lotus field because it's such a small portion of like the metagame but blue black control is actually quite good against lotus field mm-hmm. <laughs> unlike blue white
2: mm-hmm.
0: because you're you're basically swapping a bunch of different removal for more interaction with spells yeah. or hand and you and you play a million Narsets in blue white control
1: yeah thoughts is, is better against uh than counterspell yeah. against Lotus I think at least these new versions that are so anti-counterspell
0: it, it the best thing thoughts does is it can take apart them from assembling the land combo which yeah it's Tron breaks apart a lot of the parody that Lotus yeah. capitalizes on when they just like out mana U three one,
1: yeah, which they can still do against blue white. It's really hard to nab them with a field of ruin uh, and Arc Drew's Charm just being instant speed. I have found it. I first thing I'm looking to do in the matchup is disrupt their mana, but it's nearly impossible. Right. Yeah, I think I think Lotus is gonna be is gonna be big. Also, Phoenix was huge, and yeah, I Chris, I was thinking back to like the earliest when when Pioneer was kind of first announced post COVID not announced, but like became relevant again. Yorion was running the tables in Modern, Four-Color Yorion, and I was playing it and loving it, and playing through, even though I'm not the fastest player, it's like, nope, the deck's just too good, gotta play it. Uh, Got banned. Well, Pioneer was kicking up, and my first thought was, I'm gonna play Blue-White Control with Yorion, because (laughs) the decks aren't that good. Like, the cards are not that good um, in most decks, which makes, you know, the worse the cards are, the better Mana Leak becomes. Back then, it was, like, not actual Mana Leak, now it's even literal Mana Leak, with Upside on top of it. So, yeah i was thinking back to those decks and i was thinking like you know narset uh i came to this conclusion like two days later but one it can be blinked by Orion. so for assembling Yorion value turns a one loyalty narset's pretty nice to have in that little exchange a lot of the decks play weird not weird they, they play card advantage slots besides deluge some play a lot play four some play three i've seen people play quick study i've seen people play t- deduce now, um, which I think is too much of a Namba with lockdown in weird scenarios to not be worth it. I'm not even sure it's better than Quick Study in the first place, so I, I wouldn't risk it. I haven't I'm like, much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, you know, yes, Narset is a sorcery, but y- you, can, you can weave that in, uh, I think. So anyway, fast forwarding a little bit to where now I'm feeling more confident than I even was before. Uh, friend of us all, friend of the show, uh, Oaf McNamara, uh, Scott. Top eight of the challenge this weekend, pretty smooth run. I didn't tune in for all of it, but I saw bits and pieces playing blue-black control with four Narset's main deck in In this new format. You look at the, go- the decks, yeah, they are different, I would rather be bringing Thoughtseize. If there was a white Thoughtseize or a blue Thoughtseize, I'd be putting it in this deck. And I'm traditionally a little well, bit. Thank a Hager, God, there's not. Yeah, yeah, no, just uh, not yet. We'll see Universes Beyond. Maybe they'll, they'll they'll bring it. They brought us White Remand, so which will actually also be really nice to play in Pioneer. I'd like I'd like that too. Let's get that in there. So I'm kind of like not super high on Thoughtseize in general. Uh, you know, the only way to make sure you never get Thoughtseize bugs is don't Thoughtseize them. In particular, I'm down on the, the Two Life. I just think the Two Life is pretty costly in formats like Pioneer. And I think people have this romantic notion of Thoughtseize that is... It's just, I just think it's a little overrated. But I, I used to love it and played it all the time. But anyway, nowadays, not, not as into it. Um, yeah, I would like to play that. But I think Blue-Black, you're just way... Your Planeswalkers are so much worse. And currently, my configuration, I think I'm going to main deck for Narset, for Wandering Emperor, and for Teferi. The blue, the 60-card lists play 3-3-3 all the time of those cards. Plenty of players, play. I actually do think they sort of have some complementary factors to them. If nothing else, it's more loyalty that has to be attacked down. Obviously, that's not a huge thing. And you could also make the counterpoint of they're all clunky-ish, they're expensive, and Narset finds the other ones. So I, I had 3 Teferi at one point uh, pretty recently, but I think I'm on 4. I just think with the 80 cards... And my theory on Blue eye just being like it's just got the best cards at all the different curve points. Um, and Teferi is a key part of that. Plus, so I'm playing no three mana counter spells. Uh, I think most players have come around to that. Um, Jesse had the idea of Urtai's Scorn, which is actually just hilarious that that's coming in in Pioneer 2. I think it's the best of the bunch, but still probably not where you want to be. My deciding point on that is like Teferi untaps two lands. And you have a lot of good options at two mana. Um, make Disappear is not offensive. Get Lost is already two mana, things like that. So I'm, I'm just playing two mana counters uh, in the main deck. Might play a Summary Dismissal on the sideboard because I'm just still really scared of Lotus, even with main deck Narsets. And there's a sideboard card that, that we have. I'm not going to uh, say, I know this is really interesting, but I, there's another anti-Lotus card that I think is it's pretty targeted. Uh, so we'll <laughs> see. Uh, We'll see if that one is is worth it um a lot of these cards though it overlaps with phoenix that's why i feel like I, you know lotus is not going to be 30 percent of the field phoenix could be 20 though uh mm-hmm. i don't think that's unreasonable and a lot of these same changes i think will also have benefits in the uh, phoenix matchup and in the mirror i'm still going to play four lockdowns i think i'm going to go three and one um splitting between main and side you know i think i've cut the farewell at this point i just I have lost to Rakdos Sacrifice playing blue-white, but I just don't think this is going to be a tournament where you know viewers are going to see huge battlefields with a bunch of cheap permanents. They might see a lot of lands and a lot of tokens from Planeswalkers or a lot of floating mana, but yeah, I think Pioneers, we knew it for Atlanta with creature decks and Amalia beating those creature decks. I just think the format has changed a lot. Due to the new cards, due to the impacts of the PT, due to the data uh, from the recent sets that has shown these control decks are the most winning, we'll see if I'm wrong. You know, I think there's a little bit of, hey, I'm probably not going to win a, you know, a 95 card mirror match or playing last week's deck or whatever. So I think to some degree, part of the spur, of you know, playing a little off the beaten path is um, maybe due to that. I've also had some players with similar mindsets, I think. And then, you know, Scott reaffirmed that with a win with a very similar strategy Hinged on exactly the same concept that I've been kind of focusing on, in a deck that I do think is probably worse. I do think blue-black is just worse than blue-white control. Um, yeah, you th- can't play no more lies. Can't play no more lies. Can't play Yorion. Can't play Wandering Emperor. Can't play Teferi, The list goes oh, on.
0: You can play Yorion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is true. <laughs> now we're talking. Because <laughs> that's the first card in my ninety-five. Is Yorion
2: always? <laughs> yeah, you you get you get some what like trial of ambition or something no no you don't
0: actually have to play any cards to make yorian good <laughs> yeah mostly <laughs> true. The,
1: the carpool gets deeper every set blue black yorian let
0: Colors, me mark let me ask history. you about a deck we haven't really talked about very yeah. much yeah uh which is rakdos just straight up regular old rakdos midrange do you think the place <sighs> of that deck is washed because from like from my point of view Uh, it it seems like a lot of people will still bring it to the pro tour and it seems like it has a chance of doing relatively well
1: yeah um now do you do you think of sacrifice and not the sacrifice okay so just putting aside sacrifice do you think of inti and graveyard trespasser differently or those they are
0: different but i am not deep enough in the weeds to know how people will configure their decks for the weekend like i know some pillars yeah. do prefer anti and smugglers copter yeah. and other people just yeah. straight up prefer bank buster still and i don't i personally yeah. i don't know if there's a right answer if that's a play still difference or whatever well i think but...
2: it's a really tough because you're trying to decide whether you want to be an aggressive creature deck or if you want to be a grindy deck that can keep up well with the blue decks and i think that your rakdos deck just right the the default two ways of building it like Inti smugglers copter is how you get that like very high win rate against lotus field but that's also how you end up getting just booted out of the tournament by fiery impulses sometimes because smugglers copter is a lot worse against phoenix yes. than reckoner bankbuster is and so there's just a question of how can you build your deck to you know th- it used to be like how how do I be good against mono green and Ractos at the same time in Pioneer? We've moved on to a very different thing, which is like how do I be good against the removal decks and against the Lotus Field deck at the same time? And I think that Ractos is caught in a weird place where I'm interested in seeing the the builds that the PT teams have come up with to kind of like square this circle.
1: Uh, I would say probably the, the the deck I neglected the most for Atlanta was blue-white, and the deck I neglected the second most was red-black of both varieties. I initially thought Sacrifice was going to be... After Dallas, I was like on board with Sacrifice. A lot changed. Sacrifice has nearly fallen off. I think I even saw Jabberwocky <laughs> in the streets with blue-white, if I'm
0: not uh,
1: misremembering. But it was not Sacrifice, which is just... If he's not playing it, uh, I'm not. Um I think both versions of Rakdos have issues. The small ball version, which plays Inti, like I have, I I, I I, mean, I don't have a huge, huge, huge sample size and I'm probably forgetting a game or two. I'm not sure I've ever lost a game to Inti. It's just, just a, not, yes, there are decks that build around it and synergies and Asmo decks and okay, whatever. But like, especially in the Pioneer version, you're just taking your Rakdos deck and making it more vulnerable to fiery Impulse, to Temporary Lockdown, to Supreme Verdict, to just all the stuff that, like, the control decks are there to, like, that's why they exist. So it's counterintuitive to me that you would put that in, you would, like, lean your Rakdos deck in that direction. But the part that is intuitive is the reason I think a lot of players are doing it is because the cards they're cutting suck. So... That's the problem with more traditional Rakdos, I think. Now, when it's like, how do you build to beat a spell-based deck? I, I do remember in those earlier days of Pioneer, the consensus, at least as I understood it, was Rakdos actually had pretty good matchups versus Phoenix and Blue-White. It played three go Blanks in the sideboard, whatever. Go blank is Mind Rot. Uh, against Phoenix, it's Mind Rot and Tormod's Crypt, which is good. But, you know, against Blue-White, how good can your Mind Rot be? They probably have seven cards in their hand a lot of the time uh you're not playing a lot of Liliana the Veils typically which I think is just a shame
0: and Phoenix is not a deck.
1: (laughs) yeah so so yeah I think the problem with traditional Rakdos is the cards are just we convinced ourselves that Graveyard Trespasser and I'm gonna flack for this probably like to a lesser extent even Blood Tithe Harvester were like oh these cards no these are actually good in the format I mean they were when the decks were just less good i do like putting pressure on decks you know so Blood bloodtide harvester is not you know the, the worst of the bunch but like wow you're really working hard you know fable's doing a lot of work in those decks and i, I just i don't i have not seen a lot of appeal personally but i also could, could totally see that being a blind spot seeing you know the real blade being a really tuned rakdos list to come in and do but from what i've seen you know it's just it, it is also a little hard to convince me that rectus is great when there's teferi yeah you have Shieldred, but they have git lost like i'd be shocked to see a lot i i'm i'm building my deck as if you know recto i do think Darst's is a little bit of a liability against rectus because of how easily it gets attacked by Blood Type harvester and graveyard Trustmaster <laughs> and all these creatures i've just talked uh but you know you gotta you gotta bet on it and like. The narrative in my head of a pro team comes with Rakdos versus pro team comes with busted Lotus deck. I think they're going to bring Lotus. I mean, I don't know. Well, there's more than one pro team. Yeah, yeah I, right. I think at least one of them think, is going to bring Lotus. And I think yeah. they will have an influence on a lot of the other teams and players. Um, Some of the, like one of the players that, that really strong... Um, he didn't really know what he would played Amalia at the last tournament and is just really turned off by the blue-white matchup. Picked up Lotus. I wouldn't be surprised if other players are, um, you know, at least you know the classical combo players. I, I think you'd be, there's a lot of good arguments to playing it. It had a, it didn't do quite as well at the NRG as what I was expecting, but it was also like a very small number of players had it in their hands. I was surprised though, like like with this Phoenix result. I would be salivating if I was playing Lotus. I, bring a couple bu- Buzz Crushers. I still think you're probably favored. Um, yeah, I would not. I would not feel confident like,
2: oh, these Buzz Crushers are going to solve this. Ma- that 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 it just doesn't sound like because like
0: Buzz Crusher is there to steal your game. It's not right, right there to solve right. the matchup.
2: Right, right.
0: But the, at the same point, I I do think Buzz Crusher does that. at a card like Alpine Moon, when they're now playing like four extra disenchants chances in their deck, just like doesn't. Yeah, Buzzcrush
1: was an artifact, it gets disenchanted all the well, same. but it's already done its thing. Yeah, I know, it's
0: done its thing.
1: I was pulling a Lee. I was pulling a blue-black Yorion.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's fair.
1: <laughs> it does sound sick, actually, Scott. Get on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Just gotta find uh, a way to increase the density of good blue-black cards somehow.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're... You're. Yeah, add white. I did play Espero. I have you know, The only try I have four of is Rafine's Tower, which... Story of my life.
2: Uh, yeah, that one anyway, seems. I, I played the tough, Esper list. Tough to get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, the mana is just too bad in this format. It's just too bad in this format. I do actually think with blue white, one of the the challenges that I'm trying to solve, and by that I mean I might change one card in my mana base. These tap lands, while yes, you can thread them in, and they're actually like minimally disruptive in the first couple turns of the game they can be a real pain in the ass in the last in the second half of the game because, like, you need your need, 13th uh, land drop. Yeah, also when yeah. you need, to, you yeah, need your untapped you need like land.
0: 11th land drop to come into play Obviously, it needs to come yeah. to
1: play untapped. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So, so I'm, you know, you the, the count, the count of tap lands in blue-white uh, rate varies. I had a, a very, very good blue-white player tell me he counted it 7 to 11, we were actually counting different cards when we were counting Taplands. I was counting Jawari Disruption and the Castles. He was counting Hallowed Fountain. So tap lands okay. are... Yeah, right. Was, yeah, this, this dude knows what he's doing. <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying to, to not have quite as many tap lands. I think probably where I'm going to end up is for Archive, mostly to enable Glacial Fortress, I think I'm going to come around to the Castles, uh, which also get enabled by Archive, and... I think probably only two Restless Anchorages. I'm debating one or two of, uh, Hall of Storm Giants. Obviously one. The second, I actually kind of think the second is a tap land more often than is reasonable. And, you know, if you're playing, so I'm planning to play a Guy Reach Sanitarium.
2: I just like <laughs> well, it But you, you got the Narsets in there already.
1: You got the Narsets already in there. You got it. It's like they come as a five-card package. It just has, it has to be played together. Um, I do really like Field of Ruin. Uh, I think Lotus has kind of ac- accommodated for it, though. They're playing two for us now, which is smart. And it's really hard to tag the Thespian stage, um, not only because of, uh, uh, like, just th- th- you're in a stare down, but then you can't even really tap your, like, card advantage. Even your Wandering Emperor, you tap out for that, they're going to make a second Lotus instantly. I actually had a situation where they went for it. I, I We were talking, so we knew what was going to happen. I went for the field. They Viziered, went for it again. Field of Ruin is like, yeah, I want as many as I can have. Assuming I can cast my spells against Lotus, but it's even not a hammer there. Yeah,
2: and there is a cost to the colorless lands when you're a No More Lies deck, specifically. There is.
1: Yeah, we were talking to one player and the math was, from what he was telling me, I didn't look at the numbers directly myself. Something like, if you have 31 colored sources, I think, you can cast No More Lies on turn two, 95 plus percent of the time. Something like that. So, like, we should be safe. Um, Mc, McWinsauce has been playing four Field of Ruin, two Demolition Fields, which, you know, anytime I see a card that has a direct, uh, exactly the same, yeah, yeah, exactly the same card, I always question, why aren't we playing five? Also, why aren't we playing three? Like, you, 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 we're playing four for some, the other point I have on that is like, I think probably the technically correct thing is to <laughs> split Field of Ruin and Demolition field. I'm not going to do it, I've never seen anybody do it. It probably should be what you well, do though.
0: Field of Ruin has like four printings and it's way easier to find.
1: It's true. That's true. That's true. I have. I was uh, a little surprised by the price of Demolition Fields. as I was. Uh, field of
0: here. Ruin also forces forces a shuffle from your opponents' oh, lands okay. or whatever, and that Demolition is... Field does not.
1: Okay, that is actually meaningfully different because I have uh, the Fairy tucked against Lotus and then forced a shuffle like in the past twenty four hours. Right.
0: Um, like that, but, that's yeah, actually okay. highly relevant for.
1: That's the, that's player. relevant. Yeah. No. That's that's a reason they're not exactly the same. Still, I think they follow the like. At least we should be thinking about a fifth copy because they're close enough, but we should be playing four fields before first uh, demolition field. I think I'm probably going to land on three fields in a Gaia Reach. You could definitely have four colorless. I'm confident in that. I think you probably can have five, but field was originally something that really attracted me to blue white. And I think the format has compensated for that now, and it's a little bit less good. Uh, I think the Gaia Reach is, again, mandatory. You bring Narset, you have to bring Gaia
2: Reach. Well, cool. I don't know. Like, like those definitely seem to be the broad strokes of the format. Are there any like dark horses that you think like might show up that are not, you know, we know about blue light. We know about Lotus field. We know about Phoenix. We know about Rakdos. Uh, Is there anything that that might come out of left field and be like, oh, shoot, we kind of forgot about this one.
1: I think the thing that's the most likely to do that, I think there's potential in the Rakdos, it, it kind of leads least thought. But I think the thing that's the deck that's most likely to show up with an outsized impact, at least based on what the Convoke, yeah, Boros Convoke. It has 20 zero mm. and one drops now. Uh, its best one, you just got a second one, straight parallel print. So that's that's pretty solid. I also think in general positioning. Could be pretty good i would be on want to be on the convoke side of the matchup versus lotus even with this power level increase even with their lockdowns i think yeah, just because too. of how fast <laughs> heroic can be um i think phoenix because of the reduction in amalia probably is not playing as many sweepers and you're probably fast enough to just slam against blue white especially the 80 card version that you could make an argument that you play four lockdowns and 60 card blue-white because Lockdown's so good, but I've never seen it. I mean, all 60-card players place three Lockdowns. Yeah, and so... the, the
0: fourth's in the sideboard. If it's yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and and that's actually, that's the split I'm leaning to with 80 cards because of my prediction on the metagame. But anyway, yeah, I could see Heroic or, sorry, Convoke. Um, although Heroic actually is somewhat similar and uh, also had a couple new prints. There's a player I know testing it uh, kind of as an off-the-wall idea. I don't hate what,
0: it. What are the new prints you're thinking of? The only one I can think of is the Codebreaker, Fugitive Codebreaker.
1: Um, that one, and I think I'm still mentally chalking Monster's Rage. A, a, a <laughs> That's newer. a new print. Yeah, yeah. New era. I mean, they're just every set. A mere, a
0: mere three sets ago.
1: <laughs> a lifetime. Uh, in an instant, all in one. Yeah, so that, and then my like absolute, I've seen not a single shred of evidence that this will happen, but this was my fear going into Atlanta. Mono green. <laughs> And Spike was playing around with a mono green deck heading into Atlanta that had just like, that was the worst matchup for Phoenix, worse than Lotus. So, I don't know, Leyline of the Guild Pact is, uh, you know, was so busted in modern, I thought, maybe, but like, I haven't seen it, I think without Karn, with Karn... Totally different story. The whole mm-hmm. everything changes, but um, I think there's some interesting
0: know, with... building you can do in monogreen yeah. with leyline and archer's yeah. charm allowing you to play a more than one type of colored creature. Like you can tutor Dramoka in monogreen and play. On that's a, play a good line.
1: point. So yeah, I could see that being that's, like
0: that's granted that is pretty leyline dependent, but that's a tutor package, and you're already playing the archer's charms anyway. I, I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done any work. It's just it wouldn't surprise me something like that comes out. I don't expect it to be that great though, personally. It,
1: it seems like that's a lot of just expensive cards. Like it, you know, it worked in Rhinos and Modern because every spell was free anyway. You know, whatever the curve was so low, adding these potentially dead four drops is not quite as big of an issue. And the upside was really high too. Obviously, getting four mana for your Nixthos is pretty significant for as an upside, and turning your Nycthos into a Greenland too, in case you want to cast a troll or whatever. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the Lotus was just a plant. And the real thing that you know, the 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 secret cabal or whatever is bringing is a super sick green deck. Uh, I doubt it. I think I think the lotus stuff was just too good. It got out early, and it's still going to be what the most talked about deck of the tournament is. At least most talked about new deck. Can you call it new? I guess you can't call it new. Certainly improved.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard to call it new when we've been copying lotus fields since like the outset of the format i guess but certainly a new iteration on it that does some scary stuff
1: yeah i'm a big proponent of like hey you want to play the deck that that they're going to ban next and anytime they ban the deck you're playing pat yourself on the back you were doing it right that's an that's an interaction that you know lotus and stage that (laughs) it's pretty good yeah it's, it's pretty good. Power in the
0: format, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty. Good. People
0: even tried to play it in a blue light control yeah. deck. That's how powerful it was.
1: Yeah. The problem is you're just sequencing your land Now, it's tough. One one mistake. One mistake. In,
2: <laughs> that's your whole tournament. That's, the that's stone the age, cookie.
0: It just crumbles. It
2: you're done. That's an ultimate tap land. The. So. Uh, <laughs> the gap between like, Yorion and Kahira Blue-White Guild builds was like, oh, wow, yeah, I mean, Yorion is definitely better. But that gap was, like, 4% or something like that, right? It was, like, like a, a 53% deck versus a 49% deck or something. And it, it, it's like, yeah, okay, Yorion is definitely better than Kahira. The gap between the Kahira decks and then the, the Blue-White Lotus Field decks was significantly <laughs> larger than the gap between the Yorion decks and the Kahira decks. So, the, uh...
1: Yeah you know there's a for one i think uh you know not every you, you can't just necessarily copy a deck list at like the people that put the work in whatever deck that they're playing with that level of attention and care and dedication whatever and come up with that off the wall put lotus into blue white with strict proctor strategy and i know it was bubbling around on online or whatever i think patrick brew is the one that's it's most attributed to um it's in his last name of course perfect branding uh anyway so so like yeah he brought it it was really good for one tournament for him i don't know that anyone else was really able, able to replicate the success in the same way but what i do like about just the general approach beyond just doing your own thing and that's generally an advantage, assuming you have a prerequisite level of skill or luck, at least, whatever. He was pushing it to an extreme. Like, he was taking the removal spells and the counter spell, whatever, and saying, I'm gonna maximize some angle. In this case, it was a mana advantage with a specific engine and playing, you know, big planeswalkers more easily, whatever it was. I think with Yorion, you're doing the same thing. I do like Kahira, and at least you have a companion. It's just clearly the worst Mm -hmm. of the two i think but yeah whatever you do you need to be i think you should be generally looking to play your deck towards an extreme going back to the rakdos issue you know maybe you can tailor it for this metagame against spells or whatever but the classic rakdos issue is like you're just splitting what you're trying to do here i am critiquing this meanwhile i'm going to play a bunch of lockdowns and a bunch of narset's main deck which are completely split but it is open deck list and maybe I should save lockdowns honestly
2: that's scary that's one of the things that makes the deck good yeah I'm not not gonna
1: go quite that far exactly yeah I think it's you totally run the risk of over overdoing it and you know Rakdos is still 15% of the field Lotus is 5 it's not as good as I was worried about there's still the 4 color decks that you know the Niv Mizzet piles and whatever which I've spent
0: I am not zero time thinking about yeah what are they trying to beat in this format
1: Rakdos is gone so yeah
0: They're not. They're definitely not being (laughs) Losfeld.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, I'm glad to have not put much (laughs) thought to it. (laughs) See, we'll see. But uh, yeah, you know, stoked for it. I think MagicCon is going to be a really great event. Like we were saying before, good for the health of the game. I hope everybody that wants to be there finds a way to get there. The spread of events is really solid. Standard on on Sunday, and I think we covered that a little bit at the or sorry, standard on Friday. Um, Covered that at the beginning a bit. I did have a question for you guys. How has card availability felt <laughs> at the local level for standard?
0: Honestly, I'll go first since I've bought more cards in mm-hmm. CCR, I believe. Uh, <laughs> not as bad as I thought. It was really yeah. bad at the beginning of the season. Okay, uh, but with the people showing up to RCs or RCQs, and then like literally selling cards and then people yeah. buying them again, like that's actually helped a lot. Like the later in the season we've gotten, the more local shops have both had things and sold them and not had them again. But, mm-hmm. like, when Murders at Carlisle Manor came out, our mm-hmm. biggest local store around here in Durham opened a bunch of it. Like, way more for singles than they had ever opened in the past, like, probably a couple of years. Because mm-hmm. they knew people would buy it, and people bought it. Like, I bought as many surveillance Great. as I could Smart. Like within the first couple of days.
1: Well, congratulations on your early
0: retirement, then. Uh... Well. Did not, there weren't that many. I yeah, couldn't buy a many, yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right. I just bought, I, I have like I'll three to four down. of each, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, it's not easy to get the standard cards, especially if you like realize you need something a couple of days before your RCQ or something. It's yeah. not that likely to happen if you're just like, oh, shoot, actually, Cryptic Coat is really good. I need to run two of these. It's like, well, maybe you can do that. But I mean, and I have, you know, going to this tournament, I have an SCG order that, uh, is going to get that, that Jake is going to pick up for me. And I have three Tales of Adventure orders waiting for me at the site because, you know, I just had to, like, figure out which cards I needed and when. But, you know, stuff eventually found it, figured it out, have played all the cards that I wanted to play. And, yeah, the, yeah. It, you make it work.
1: Yeah, it. You know, obviously you're you if you have a network that's gonna be in your in your best interest in any last minute uh, arrangements. People have a lot of cards in their backpacks and binders and things like that, especially if you coordinate with them ahead of time. Um yeah. overall, my thought that was like you gotta be willing to take the time and preparation and you know, you open do, the yeah. wallet, whatever. But if you I, are, it's it's doable.
0: I will say also that I tend to like I, I haven't switched decks at all this dance season i just played slurgrick every single event uh, i've played a bunch of different cards in the like core which is fine and i've bought cards that i don't need for it just so other people can have it uh, and i also buy random cards that i think could be good but like i bought a bunch of cryptic codes when they released and then spike started playing them. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> great i made a great decision i'm the best <laughs> <laughs> that's how we played magic like everybody well maybe
1: not everybody but a lot of people would back and not huge crazy amounts or whatever but like it used to be like can you find the cards that are going to be good before everybody else and get twenty of them and whatever
0: and granted a, a reason why i picked up a bunch of random cards crypto was just one of them Surveillance lands critical is just some of them that i like did well on quote unquote i'm never selling mm-hmm. these cards uh, <laughs> uh i only did that because the, the local shop opened a bunch of that product because people were going standard and they just had a bunch of it that Yeah, it was selling. like
1: opportunity <laughs> it was like right in front of you and there was actually a use like a use for it. I mean it's like not shocking to hear like oh create demand and then supply it, whatever like but I am glad to hear it's working. Um I know revitalization of standard is like an announced wizard's priority. What? They're making RCQ season standard so I guess that is
0: what bothers me now is what happens next rcq season like people are still not playing standard FMs, at least locally i have heard they do exist but i have never seen one
1: i Uh, yeah yeah no that's that's a good question i think standard is uh this is at its best probably for new players in particular when it's always relevant and always important and always people playing it because You're much more bought in, if you're new to Magic, into like, oh, these cards are only going to be viable for two years or whatever. The time's ticking, and this card from last block's really good, but it's only got six months. Whatever. So a cyclical nature of standard is not good for new player introduction, necessarily, but or, or for new players that have been introduced, at least. New player introduction is just arena, period, and commander. Well, probably more commander than arena, honestly, at least obviously for paper. At least there could be cyclical interest in standard, which is probably for wizards at least better than zero interest in standard, which has become the norm to a point of like, and I think most people and I still might even be in the camp of like, I don't think you can get it back. Like I don't, I don't think magic is at a point where cyclical legality of tournament staples, you know, you know whatever, like that's just not the player base. I think you um, can
0: get it back, but it needs to be supported a little more than it is now. And I think yeah. it's kind of close.
1: Yeah, and I think the key is almost certainly taking EDH players that are in-game stores and getting them interested in playing store championships or something constructed, right. like a constructed yeah. format. You're not going to get to them, I think, through... It'd just be really interesting if somebody stumbled upon Magic in like the digital age and then was like, and I'm stoked for my first Standard Tournament.
0: There's a local store in our area who is hosting a team tournament triple standard
2: whoa
0: which is something that i would not have guessed would yeah. ever happen you I know sure. a year ago
1: kind of sick though
0: unified. and i'm going and i'm going to go to that like yeah. i'm going to play in it
1: is, is it unified it's no. got be. It, it's not unified no one no
0: you one can cast spells to right judge a unified event
1: what do you mean no one wants to tr- Unified, as in, like oh, you can only play four copies of the card across all the decks, right?
0: Right. That is non-unified. You can play like six, four, three copies of Modern Red if you want to. Attend.
1: Oh, that's come on.
0: So it's we don't have to fight about this, but I I think it's a lot easier logistically for is... stores and players to not worry about unified, especially when it's the first triple standard turner they've ever all done. Right. All right. Yeah. Fine.
2: Prag- <laughs> I think Pragmatist. you also like. There's only so many lands legal and standard and it becomes you you like get like exactly. shut, out, the shut out of exactly. mana bases shut out of decks via mana to bases be fair easily
1: <laughs> yeah and i guess those it, well i think star city did those years ago right pretty regularly and they did sort of devolve into like the abc3 standard decks because the carpool's so limited it's not like oh here's the yeah affinity player you're just like
2: okay we've got our our domain our mono red and our blue black base yeah like the
1: pool only allows us to build three different decks and so therefore all teams are all three of those decks yeah that's cool i don't know not unified like team i don't know i guess people like team tournaments i'm not the highest on them
0: i'm high on it
1: they're fun yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. i'll save my piece on they're good people love them it's, that's good and it's good to just have variety in constructive formats too i think just like this this one happens to be a team tournament just because and for like viewer experiences and stuff. i have noticed and maybe this is me reading the tea leaves or whatever it seems like the twitch viewership has gone up a little bit on these bigger events
0: oh my, i don't know i haven't been any attention to it
1: i haven't like i have no data i have just feeling
0: I, my attention to the viewership members are very low. I mostly just pay yeah. attention to whoever's in front of me.
1: Well, it's <laughs> Usually air.
0: it's the magic cards.
1: Yeah, yeah. Magic is booming. <laughs> Chicago is sold out. Which just breaking records or just by viewership. Yeah, I'm trying. Sure. Cool, Why not? Current records. Depends. You just look at the right time period. You can always find a record being broken. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good time. And I'm really, really looking forward to this weekend. Going to see a lot of friends in Chicago going to play a bunch of magic. Uh, If I a part of me wanted to just not play the tournament, like what I really wanted was for it to be a Saturday, Sunday tournament. So then like at least Friday, I could just show up and hang out and bird and like make videos and do little TikTok interviews and stuff but the tournament is on the same schedule as the pro tour. So that's a little tougher, but you know, hopefully I can find some time between rounds or, you know, I just get squished day one. And then for the rest of the weekend, I can just run around and, and talk to people and stuff. So it, I, I this weekend is going to be really cool. I'm very excited for it.
1: Yeah. You've got yeah. no bad outcomes when you look at it this way, uh, you know, the, there is the Saturday sealed, um, which is a really attractive option. Um, I, th- I think just for especially new players, because even standard is a pretty significant investment to get into. And are they still doing
2: the, the like secret layer tournaments? Because
1: There are um Yeah, know, you got to go win a dark ritual. Yeah, or Merchide Region Ooh. even for your Rhino's deck. Uh yeah, so and I think those I think that one is modern or they're all modern or something. I, somebody said modern, and so I'm I gotta you know, like to, TOA order I like for to my I, I've
2: I've actually never gotten the like paper uh lord of the rings land cyclers as as much as much uh, po- post lord of the rings living end as i've played it's all been online so my my living end deck is yeah. not updated right now so maybe i should get some of those cards yeah i'm gonna be interested too <laughs> yeah living
1: end uh and i guess we could talk a little like uh, our uh, denver most recent tournament team of rhinos versus living end in the finals i was watching uh which is oh yeah
2: me too not
1: At the table. Uh, I was watching from the (laughs) sidelines. And uh, everybody talking about, oh yeah, game over, Living End crushes Teamer, bad matchup. Happens. I do not agree. (laughs) I agree. I think current Teamer Rhinos favored against Living End.
2: Oh, hot take that I, I... As as someone on the other side of the table disagree with, I have, I think it's slightly closer than maybe some people would say, but I I think that the uh the matchup where if one deck resolves its cascade spell, it's over is uh that's that that deck's favored, yeah.
1: I have played like two matches in, in that matchup in the past like month, so I'm not sure <laughs> that my expertise can be refuted here, but... Uh, and right. you won both, yeah, yeah. You got me there. And I did win both. <laughs> yeah. I did yes. win both.
0: That's, That's 100%. 100% win rate. Yeah.
1: Record-breaking win rate. I think your point is correct. I would counter the deck that does not need to resolve any Cascade Spells is favored
2: well see but here's the thing it's that it's a cascade deck that actively kind of doesn't want to resolve any of its cascade <laughs> spells in the matchup and i think that's a problem
1: like pl- like playing into the living end essentially
2: yeah. yeah it's just really hard to cast the three mana spell safely. yeah yeah in the matchup
1: that's that is true yeah yeah um and for you know cheeky a little bit i think the uh the addition of Tidebinder, the move towards four subtleties. Uh, I think that the Mm -hmm. winner's list, men's list from um, uh, Denver, uh, that's what I'm bringing as a modern option, just in case I find myself uh, in -hmm. a modern tournament. Um, I think he made some really good sideboard choices in particular uh, and liked the main deck. Tidebinder is overhyped in most decks, but really good in Rhinos, I think. Um, And I have heard really good players say they actually think it's one of the worst cards in the deck which i could
0: the try. best the best part about T'Chon Sideminder is that it costs the requisite amount of mana it needs to for your deck to cast it
1: exactly <laughs> and i think the the variance in how good the last cards in Rhino's are are compared to the rest of the deck is huge yeah so even even the new worst card could be way better than the last old worst card
2: um Not to mention, it's especially if it's targeting the things that happen to be what you need to beat that weekend. Is kind of like, is Flame of Anor a better three mana spell right now, or is Tishana's Tidebinder a better three mana spell right now? And how many of each do you play? Is just like, what what are we killing? What and did you guess right? Yeah,
1: I I actually I guess wrong. Um, I went in with only one Flame of Anor in my seventy five, one in the sideboard, which, and I played only two copies of Dead and one Dismember. Thinking, format's going to be all Rhinos. I did actually play against Rhinos three times, uh, but I played against Yawgmoth five times. So in hindsight, you know, should have probably stayed a little bit closer to the uh, more, you know, stock list. And I don't know why I went so low on Flame. It was originally the card that got me post post PT Lord of the Rings and before Scam just became like, play this deck. Uh, mm. I played Rhinos and a lot of it was because of Flame of Anor. Because I loved, yeah, particularly in any closed deckless tournament, um, I bring in my shatter in case you have chalice and you don't have it. I draw two cards, or you know, flame slasher if you kill something, five damage something. Um, so yeah, I was really low on it. And I think I was just wrong. I think I like I, I played like a main deck mystical dispute, which is I don't know. Yeah. I, I probably should have just been playing the flexible divination. So that's, that's a little itself, twenty like, twenty three of you. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> You just feel so smart when you main down miss I, I have considered it for this tournament as well in Pioneer, but I'm oh not going to do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one of the, I mean, I, I try not to focus too much. The on The hard of all Magic players. Yeah, exactly. Got to be
0: clever. Exactly.
1: Got to be clever, especially like leveling your in the blue mirror. Look how, you know. Anyway. But uh, yeah, especially, yeah, yeah Ryan, the blue not, especially the blue mirror. Especially the blue mirror. Rhinos is sweet. Rainbow rhinos, also sweet. Kind of funny how that deck just took over within hours. Like I-, I didn't even know until I hit the ground in Denver. Like I didn't even know it was a deck. I-, I played against the zoo deck once playing, like playing for a trophy in a league, like a day or two before I left, or maybe a day before I left for the tournament. And I was like, Oh, this zoo deck like was like, okay before. And seems good against rhinos when you have the scion combos. I'm like, well, that seems great, but I don't, you know, that'd be funny if that shows up. And then it showed up in a better deck. Like, kind of crazy. At the end of it, I do like Teamer better, though. I think that uh, the Leyline version builds really well for winning the mid-range arms race, but there's still enough Amulet, Living End, whatever. Just Modern is still a very broad tournament. Maybe it would change if we're going into another PT-type environment, whatever, where I think the metagames generally typically compress. But into an open tournament, um, I just like the flexibility of Teamer. The analogy that I was drawing was, like, back in the energy days, Teamer energy versus four-color energy piles. Maybe it's just because, like, they're two Teamer decks and whatever, but, like... I remember the Teamer decks were better at the end because of just efficiency. Yeah, they lost a little bit in the four-color arms race, but... Actually, I, I think I remember like Teamer being pretty reasonable, at least mm-hmm. at the level that I was playing at. It seemed like the better player would still generally win the matchup. And I think with uh, Rainbow Rhinos versus Teamer, one of the things I really liked from Min's List was three copies of Force of Vigor in the sideboard. It's probably the best card versus Amulet. Definitely a card you want in this in the Rainbow matchup. I was a little on the fence of like, would I bring it in or not? I didn't actually face the, the Rainbow Rhinos. I did face Domain and beat it, but I think you need it. I think this, the Scion interaction is just so devastating that even if force of vigor said like pitch two cards you still would just be forced into bringing it and of yeah. course there are upside situations where you kill two scions or whatever it's That's... good
0: but it's really easy to pick a park part
1: yeah 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 um so yeah rhinos still good yep for sure all formats looking good honestly i think people are maybe a little down on pioneer people haven't played it as much i do think the gameplay is still pretty solid in pioneer really good in modern um sounds like standard's good too limited is great. Legacy's probably awesome. I'd love to get back to Legacy someday, we'll see, but uh, probably not anytime soon. Got competitive formats to be more yeah. competitive. Plenty of competitive Legacy happening, but but not for me. No.
0: One, of, one of my earliest Magic decisions was I'm not going to buy any cards for Legacy. And that hasn't really hurt me that much. No! Uh, no. And this was when like, Lion's Eye Diamonds were like $50, so it was reasonable for me to do.
1: Yeah, it you know just the opportunities to play in paper are so low. It really is great. Um, like the format. I, I'm a. This is I don't know if it's hot takes. So, whatever. Uh, free spells are awesome. That they, usually they're. Well, I was just going to say talk about how balanced free spells are. Maybe that's okay, that, that's just wrong. I'm just wrong. But free spells are awesome. <laughs> yeah,
2: except I do for think maybe they added, the, the new ley line.
0: Uh, I think they add an interesting dynamic to the game when they're like tuned in a way that is like healthy with back and forth Mm -hmm. i think particularly cards like leyland of the guild pact and grief don't really hit that mark which is why i really don't like them but for the most part i think they're reasonable
1: what do you think about my personal favorite card days
0: again don't play legacy i've played against and with days probably less than 20 times
1: it's a trip just always afraid.
2: It is clear that legacy requires force of will and probably days to be legal in order to contain the the like Three Stooges syndrome or the Hell Vault or whatever you want to call it. The that Doomsday
0: would... Lion's Eye Diamond. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For you?
2: yeah. We, we need you need these things to to stop that nonsense.
1: Yeah, people. You know, it's been years since I focused on legacy, but
2: honestly, Delver
1: and legacy I think is probably. i started playing re got back into magic and delver standard back in innistrad and i think delver and legacy is probably the thing that just got me into like i'm playing magic forever like you know locked in at that point but people would always complain about delver in the format and how bad it was like how they hated playing against it it's so good band days whatever and every time it's just like have you guys have you never played against gristlebrand blood moon like dredge like are you serious you don't want you're worried you can't pay for a daze like i mean yeah they win a lot and it is daze has its own issues but like the things that you can do in legacy if there are not really good force of will decks to to stop it that's just not that that's just not like i mean it is magic but like you're just two ships passing in the night the format and i think as formats have moved away from that modern got a bunch of free spells super way more interactive pioneer green was banned white has fallen off the blue decks and intricate combo decks at least even Lotus feels somewhat interactive they'll tap your lands with hidden strings the best lotus players are like actively tapping your lands with hidden strings i've found um <laughs> so like yeah as the formats become more more interactive they're better of course there are extreme examples i, I am not a grief hater uh but i think i'm in mean, the, the smaller uh size of the pool on that front but i do understand why it's frustrating but yeah. top deck better i don't know uh, not like you should draw but like build your deck to be able to top deck better is what i mean by that yeah also yeah. draw better cards just be luckier i don't know what are, you, what are you complaining about
2: well and we've we've talked about this many times before where like when you're mulliganing against a grief deck your best bet is keep a hand that is making its land drops so then you can cast your one ring or whatever when you draw it it's like th- there are play adjustments that you can make at least but it's still not the most delightful experience yeah 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 it's
1: like welcome to magic you are oh, yeah. glad you had fun in your first commander game let me tell you how to play constructed now <laughs> <laughs> you got to be thinking about what's gonna happen on turn seven so <laughs>
2: We're trying to get that. Oh, that's the only
0: to, turn to I'm thinking this, about, commander. What are you talking about? Well,
1: I guess, all right, there we go. It's a natural <laughs> parallel. Don't get That's when you finally standard. put
0: together your four card combo you've been setting up the whole game.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. You're thinking about a turn. A, turn seven's going to look a little bit different as you get constructed
0: <laughs> so No way.
1: I mean, <laughs> you're probably dead and have been for three turns, or four, maybe, or five. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I'm stoked. It's going to be a fun time in Chicago.
2: Yeah, it should be good. I'm excited for it. We are. I am going to have to cut the episode off here because I need to get he's got plans. (laughs) I I don't have plans except that I need to get this edited between tonight and like tomorrow morning because, you know, then I can't do it later in the day. And I am flying out early Thursday morning. So we got, you know, we got, we got some work to get done, but well, it'll, I'll, I'll get it done for y'all sweet audience. Don't worry, sweet, sweet audience.
1: ACR yeah. is just perpetually a hero, and I say that with like no irony. Like, <laughs> I, I C R is a hero.
2: I appreciate it, but mostly I'm just clicking things on a computer.
1: Yeah, heroic acts,
2: yeah. Just the the real the real heroes. All right, Mark, thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate you hanging out. Uh, oh, anything. Always a pleasure. Anything to to plug or anything? I don't know. I don't know what to.
1: Yeah, I uh, I have a Twitter. I don't use it that. If I I have good things to say about tournament accomplishments, is usually when I use it. But uh, so yeah, you could follow me on Twitter if you want to see humble brags predominantly. I guess it's m m the number four rk underscore mtg. Uh, I thought about that handle visually. I did not really (laughs) think about it how to convey it over to, audio
2: yeah exactly so, well, uh still so i i you know people can figure that out any, any
1: followers are of uh, significant quality that they they found me
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's
1: that's kind of where i am and i'm spending a lot of time in discords i, I want to shout out um i have too many players to name individually but a lot of players that i've met over the past couple rcs uh we've kind of pulled together a, a team of uh uh you know unofficial uh qualified players who've been running some really good drafts. Um Draftmancer, I don't know if anyone has used Draftmancer, really smooth experience. We've been then playing games on Arena and Magic Online. You know, it's a little difficult to coordinate eight players to get a, a full draft going. I think they actually have bots also if you can't fill a full pod, which is just
2: mm-hmm.
1: insane that this it, it's all browser based, too. you don't have to download any software. Super smooth. Uh, really impressed with that software. I believe it is called know uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been awesome to have that experience. Um, we've been playing a lot of limited, having a, just a good time, and it's just what's well, magic about you know the gathering. It's about being trying to continually improve your how you play the games, and regardless of how the tournament goes, uh, I'm going to have a good time and looking forward to more to come, many more. Yeah. awesome.
0: cool.
2: Well, thanks. Uh, and if anyone is at Chicago, please come up and say hi to I, I to to me. And I assume Mark is cool with that, too. So please. I'm
1: pretty introverted. I don't really
2: like <laughs> talking to people very much. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah that, that's that's definitely been my experience as we run into each other at Magic Tournaments and just like hang out shooting the shit for <laughs> until up <laughs> until the next round is called
0: um, like a good half hour. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean blue control
2: coming to a weekend here. Oh, yeah. Let's God, look at those round times at
1: the Pro Tour. Here we go. Well hey, both wow. of y'all
0: both of y'all have good luck in Chicago. Like at the 75k and the Pro Tour. Hope y'all do well.
2: Much Thank appreciated. You. yeah, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Bye.
1: Bye, buddy.